this is where I think it really hits home onto why I even care about this topic. So one half of all antibiotics prescribed for children are unnecessary. Isn't that crazy? So half of all of those medications that are being prescribed to treat these illnesses are not necessary. And I don't want you hearing this and being like, oh my gosh, like why are doctors, why are providers doing this? And there is a lot that goes into it. And I will kind of, you know, talk about that in a second. But, you know, that is why that there's so much awareness about this. And that's why I think that it's important for you guys to know about it. Hey, my name is Dakota and I am a new mom and pediatric nurse practitioner. In my time working with kids, I quickly found out that most parents feel completely unprepared for the task of raising tiny humans, even though you are the perfect person for this specific job. Unfortunately, overwhelmed fear and feeling completely clueless at times are real emotions that most parents experience at one point or another when it comes to the health of their child. The goal of the podcast is to take these feelings down a notch by providing weekly episodes on pediatric health topics. You can expect to learn about the daily things in life, to common illnesses, and everything in between. I want to leave you feeling educated and empowered so that next time a question or situation arises with your child, you can say, I've got this. Before we dive into this week's episode, I have a quick and important disclaimer. The information contained in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. The content solely represents the views and opinions of the Perfectly Unprepared podcast. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of the content you have heard on this podcast. Perfectly Unprepared hereby disclaims any and all liability to any party for any direct, indirect, implied, punitive, special, incidental, or other consequential damages arising directly or indirectly from any use of the content which is provided as is and without warranties. Let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode of the Perfectly Unprepared podcast. On this week's episode, I am going to be talking all about antibiotics. And I think this comes at a very important time, first of all, because we are in the thick of sick season, even though it really feels like all year round is sick season these days. However, This is when we're heading into cold and flu season, just the typical cold and flu season that we all, you know, anticipate every winter and fall time. But also it is U.S. Antibiotic Awareness Week. So the CDC is doing a lot of great work as well as some other organizations on just spreading awareness about antibiotics and their use and their need. So that's kind of cool. And this is a topic that I think is so important because we have just grown to just think of antibiotics as no big deal. And, you know, we are not thinking twice about it when we are prescribed one or when our child is prescribed one. And I just want to use this episode to provide some education and just maybe cause you to think twice or just 
take a second to really take it in when your child or when you are prescribed an antibiotic and just, you know, really decipher the situation a little bit better. So what are antibiotics? So antibiotics are a drug class used to treat bacterial infections. So bacterial is the key word here. So unfortunately, a lot of antibiotics are being prescribed for viral illnesses because oftentimes it is a little bit troublesome to differentiate a bacterial from a viral infection. And so unfortunately, these drugs are being used very inappropriately in a lot of situations. And that is where all this awareness and this importance of these antibiotic weeks comes in and Every single hospital has a antibiotic stewardship committee that is solely, their sole responsibility is to just talk about and to evaluate the appropriateness of the prescribing of antibiotics within their organization. So that just kind of goes to show you how important this is. And so, like I said, antibiotics are used to treat bacterial infections. So viruses are oftentimes not treated with any type of medications. There's a few exceptions to this where there are antiviral medications, but majority of them have no treatment. So what are some bacterial, common bacterial illnesses that you that kind of come to mind when I say this. So the most common ones are respiratory infections. So what are bacterial and what are viral? So the two infections that are bacterial illnesses that do require antibiotics are strep throat and whooping cough or pertussis. So those two do need antibiotics to treat them because they are caused by a bacteria Then we kind of go into a gray zone. So there are a few illnesses that are caused by both viruses and bacteria. And so this is actually where a lot of the trouble and the confusion comes in surrounding the need for antibiotics. So some of these illnesses can, a bacteria can cause this illness and it does require antibiotics, but there are times where these illnesses are caused by a virus and they do not need any sort of antibiotic to treat it. They just need supportive care and to kind of go away on their own. So the first one is a middle ear infection or acute otitis media. That one surprisingly does not always require an antibiotic and this this is causes parents a lot of confusion, especially in the clinic. When I am evaluating kids for respiratory illnesses, sometimes their ears look red. And I do try to explain to parents what I'm seeing on the exam just so that they kind of are aware of things. But as you grow as a provider and as you know, you gain experience and in school too, they teach you kind of to identify these differences. Not every single red ear requires an antibiotic. And so a lot of times 
ear infections are from a virus and so they don't require an antibiotic, but sometimes and oftentimes they do. So that is one thing that kind of is on that borderline making it challenging. The next one is a sinus infections. They can be caused also by both viral and bacterial illnesses. And so these also can go away on their own and don't always need a treatment with an antibiotic. So the third illness that is kind of in this gray area that can be caused by both a virus and by a bacteria is bronchitis. And so I think this is going to be the one that shocks the most people because I frequently hear about I have bronchitis or I think my child has bronchitis, they must need an antibiotic. And so the interesting thing about bronchitis actually is, like I said, it can be caused by a virus or a bacteria, but antibiotics are not actually recommended for bronchitis. This is oftentimes being one of the biggest culprits for inappropriate antibiotic use and because a lot of new research has come out about bronchitis and its need for antibiotics, but actually studies have shown that in otherwise healthy children and adults, antibiotics for bronchitis aren't going to help you feel better. I think a lot of you are going to be like, well, I've had bronchitis and I got an antibiotic and I definitely felt better. Well, we'll talk about that in a second, but that is one I think that's going to really shock people is that bronchitis does actually not, most of the times in healthy individuals, does not need an antibiotic. So let's now talk about the illnesses, the respiratory illnesses that are only viral and do not need antibiotics. So the common cold or just a a regular runny nose is a virus and does not need an antibiotic sore throat. So there are a lot of viral illnesses that cause a sore throat and they do not need any sort of antibiotic treatment. I think there's a big misconception that every time you have a sore throat, it's caused by strep infection and that is not the case. The typical strep throat that you're all thinking of, yes, that needs an antibiotic But just a sore throat caused by a different viral infection does not need it. And that is actually the biggest reason why we have tests for things like pertussis and strep throat that I talked about earlier. Those two do require antibiotics for treatment. And we do have tests for both of those to confirm that's what it is. So a couple other two that are really, you know, big topics right now, especially this first one is COVID-19. It is a virus. It does not require an antibiotic. The next one is influenza. Influenza does not need an antibiotic. So I just took this actually, it was a table from the CDC website, and I will actually post it in the show notes so that you guys can look at it and get a good visual. But I thought it summarized a lot of the main illnesses that we see especially in children, and just differentiates, is this viral or is this bacterial or could it be both and does it need an antibiotic? So again, I'll post it in the show notes so that you guys can get a good visual with everything that I just explained. So now that I kind of covered what is a virus, what is a bacteria, and what really requires antibiotic treatment, I wanted to share just a few statistics that I found pretty interesting. The first one is 
Antibiotics are the most commonly prescribed drug class for kids. That may or may not surprise you, but it shows the importance of this topic. So why do we even care about this is really going to be shown in these statistics and these facts that I'm about to explain. So one half of all antibiotics prescribed for children are unnecessary. Isn't that crazy? So half of all of those medications that are being prescribed to treat these illnesses are not necessary. And I don't want you hearing this and being like, oh my gosh, like why are doctors, why are providers doing this? And there is a lot that goes into it. And I will kind of, you know, talk about that in a second. But, you know, that is why that there's so much awareness about this. And that's why I think that it's important for you guys to know about it. To take that even further, about 44% of children with colds were given an antibiotic. And we all just kind of learned just now, if we didn't already previously, that colds are viruses, they do not need antibiotics. 46% were prescribed antibiotics for upper respiratory infections. And like we just said, most of the upper respiratory infections that we were just talking about are, are viral, so they don't need them either. And then the last one is 75% of children that had bronchitis diagnoses were given an antibiotic as well. And which we just talked about is that bronchitis does not need an antibiotic. And even though some bronchitis illnesses are from bacteria, it is not shown to alleviate symptoms or improve symptoms. So I thought that those were some really good statistics and facts that kind of brought this full circle. So here's where things get a little bit more interesting. Why is it that all of these antibiotics are being prescribed when they don't need to be? So I think a lot of this is just the culture of care and the culture of how our medical system has has shifted. And some of that comes from myths about antibiotics and just what what does and doesn't require an antibiotic. So the first thing is, so my child has a fever, they must need an antibiotic. So this is a common misconception, but viruses cause fevers as well. So that isn't just a black and white thing that they have a fever, they must need an antibiotic. The next thing is their boogers are green or yellow or colored in some way, they must need an antibiotic. So that also is not indicative of a viral versus a bacterial infection. And this is not in any way to call out anybody. I think that these are just common things that we've grown to just believe as true and they're myths in our society. The next one is I was prescribed an antibiotic. So this is parents. So parents or another family member was prescribed an antibiotic for an illness so my child must need one too. Oftentimes we have whole households that are sick at the same time and it just has run through their household and maybe mom, dad, aunt, uncle, sibling, whoever was seen first and they were prescribed an antibiotic. And so automatically, obviously, we assume that our child also needs an antibiotic to get over this illness. But what we have to remember is about half of all antibiotics are unnecessary. So that 
should make you kind of think twice about that myth. The last one is this illness has lasted for more than a few days. I must need an antibiotic. It must be a bacterial infection. So that also is not the case. So most viral illnesses are lasting anywhere from one to one week to 10 days. This episode is sponsored by Primally Pure. I have never been more loyal to a brand until I came across Primally Pure. Primally Pure is natural skincare that prides itself on the cleanest and fewest ingredients. I have been using their products for the last few years and have never gotten so many compliments on my skin. I actually have never gotten any compliments on my skin until I started using their skincare. It's that good. I've always had acne-prone skin, and when I had my son, I noticed my skin was changing. They have a full line of products for every skin type, and so this made it so convenient to transition to the best product for me in this state of my skin. Each night, I actually look forward to washing my face because their cleansing oil leaves my skin feeling silky smooth. I am so excited to be able to offer my listeners 10% off your first order from Primally Pure. All you have to do is head on over to primallypure.com and use code DAKOTA, D-A-K-O-T-A, at checkout for 10% off everything in your cart. You can also find a link in our show notes that will take you directly to their website. I can't wait for you to try these products. I am so confident you'll love them as much as I do. Now that we've talked about what does and does not need antibiotics, where what are the facts surrounding this and why is it a big deal, I want to talk about what are actually the consequences of the antibiotics. So yes, antibiotics are being prescribed more often than they are needing to be, but why does that really matter? Who cares? It's just an antibiotic, right? Not true. So here are some of the consequences of antibiotics. The first one being antibiotic resistance. So what does that mean? That means that the antibiotic that we would normally use to treat this illness, whatever illness it may be, is resistant to this antibiotic. So we have used amoxicillin. Here's here's an example. So we've used amoxicillin five times for this ear infection. Maybe this ear infection was a viral ear infection, and now we truly have a bacterial ear infection. This next time we use it, it's not going to work because that bacteria says, I know your deal, or this bacteria says, I've met you before, and I am stronger than you are. So I am going to camp out here and I'm going to continue to cause illness. And I don't care if you're trying to get rid of me or not. And so that at that point, what happens is we need to pick something stronger and bring in the bigger, the bigger guns and the bigger antibiotic at this point. And so the, the next time that we, your child or you have a illness or a ear infection, if we're talking about ear infections, we need to choose something stronger to cover it because that bacteria says, I don't really care about this amoxicillin anymore. So what happens is it it causes us to use a different antibiotic and oftentimes we're continuing to climb the ladder and 
choose something a little bit stronger that may have more side effects and then it just kind of limits us going forward. So this also, you know, means that down the road when we have maybe a pneumonia where we also need to use amoxicillin, we can't use it because the bacteria in our bodies have have grown to say, um, I I don't care that you're here, amoxicillin. I need something, I need something stronger to get rid of me. So this this is something that we should keep in mind is that our our antibiotics become resistant to the bacteria that enter in our body. And this doesn't even mean that, you know, that maybe, maybe we did need those antibiotics that time. So, you know, it, it goes to show you that say we did have five year infections that required antibiotics, that's, you know, that's fine, but maybe we had a couple more that weren't truly a bacterial infection. So it just kind of comes to show you how important it is for us to limit the times that we're exposed to these medicines. The next thing is, the next consequence is it can promote C. difficile infection. So this is a really nasty bacteria that is opportunistic in that it comes when we've had frequent exposure to antibiotics. And it's not something that we really want to have. The next one is allergic reactions and other medication reactions. So our bodies may get this antibiotic and they view it as a totally foreign substance, which it is. It's something that our body is acknowledging its presence and sometimes it doesn't like it. And so we have allergic reactions and there are lots of other medication reactions that can happen. And so we don't want to have these things. Um, it's not obviously fun for anyone involved and it, it really is, is not something that we want to deal with. So before we switch gears here and talk about what is it that you can be doing to help with this problem I want to talk about a couple other things to keep in mind. So the first one being that viruses often resolve on their own, like I said, within one to two weeks. So this is a pretty standard duration of symptoms for viruses. So if we're getting an antibiotic for a virus, oftentimes it is a coincidence that symptoms resolve with the start of this unnecessary antibiotic. So if we're going to get antibiotics, say on day seven of our symptoms, one week, one to two weeks is the common duration of symptoms for a virus anyway. So oftentimes the symptoms are starting to go away like they should be on their own when this antibiotic gets started. And so it can be very confusing to people. And this is why I think a lot of people say, no, Dakota, you're wrong. I've gotten an antibiotic for my bronchitis or something else. And it made me feel better. And I, this is the, the tricky part. And this is why you know, a lot of times this is prescribed because it is, you know, the normal duration. It's going away on its own. We start that antibiotic and then it, it goes away. And that is, that is normal. So the second thing I want you to keep in mind is the topic of antibiotic, um, allergic reactions or a antibiotic allergy. And, 
this comes in the form of rashes. So I want to talk about amoxicillin again. I'm not picking on amoxicillin. It's just it's the most prescribed antibiotic for children and it is used because it is cheap. It is tastes good and tolerated by most children. So many viruses either cause a rash at some point in the virus, whether that be at the start of the virus, in the middle of the virus, at the end of the virus, but this is a very common symptom for many viruses. And one thing that can be very confusing when we have antibiotics unnecessarily prescribed for a viral infection is that we think that this rash is caused from the antibiotic. And I see this very, very frequently from amoxicillin. And this is why amoxicillin is such a common allergy for a lot of people. And that's, you know, coming twofold. So the first reason is because it is so frequently prescribed. And the second reason is that a lot of these times that we're getting the amoxicillin prescribed, the child or yourself may have a viral infection that a rash is that normal progression of the illness. And so when this rash develops, not every single rash looks picture perfect from the textbook. And so a lot of times it is very difficult to distinguish, is this from a potential virus? Was there never a bacterial infection from the start? Or was this from the antibiotic? And it it can be very difficult to know. And so a lot of times that allergy to that antibiotic just gets, you know, slapped on the chart. And we just oftentimes say, well, we'll circle back to this at another point. And so this is very common that a, an antibiotic allergy isn't really cut and dry. It's not really clear. And, but we, we tend to play it safe and put it on there because we would hate for us to give it again. And it truly was an allergic reaction. And so this kind of is a, is a big deal too, because if it is the most prescribed antibiotic and we're having a allergy marked on our chart and it really wasn't a true allergy and it was from a virus. Again, this comes down to we oftentimes then are having to choose a different antibiotic that maybe is stronger or maybe isn't the most effective antibiotic for this illness. And so again, it kind of comes down to if we don't need it, we shouldn't, we shouldn't take it. So this kind of is a good segue into what in the world can I do? Dakota, you scared us. <laughs> you talked all about this antibiotics and why we should be afraid of them. And I just want to kind of take the moment to say I do not intend for this to scare anyone away from taking antibiotics. They, like I said in the beginning, they have a place in medicine. They are so so crucial to kind of how our modern medicine has evolved and they have a time and a place for sure, but we also need to think twice about them sometimes. And so what can you do to help with this problem? So the first thing is please think twice before asking your doctor for an antibiotic. So a lot of times, and this goes back to, to 
well, I was prescribed it. So my child must need an antibiotic too. So what I suggest instead of saying, I want an antibiotic, I would suggest wording it a little bit differently and saying, do you think that they need an antibiotic for this? And sometimes kids do have prolonged illness. Maybe it's lasting longer than that two weeks and it's not going away. Or, you know, there are times where they do need the antibiotics. So wording it as, do you think I need this? Or do you think my child needs this antibiotic? Instead of saying, I want an antibiotic or can, can you prescribe an antibiotic? The next way to help with this is ask your doctor, ask your child's provider, what should you be watching for or when should you come back? And so I think a lot of times we see children at the beginning of illnesses or, you know, after a few days of symptoms and it becomes a little bit challenging because they likely are going to get over this on their own or, you know, maybe they don't have a ear infection yet or whatever the case may be. And so what I recommend is when you are leaving that appointment and your doctor has said, this is a virus, I don't think they need an antibiotic or, you know, they seem to be doing good right now, ask them, what should I be looking for? Or when should I make an appointment? Or when should I call back with concerns so that you have a clear plan when you're leaving the office of what you should be watching out for? Because symptoms progress, viruses can turn into secondary bacterial infections that do need antibiotics. So this is a good way to to put this. The next thing is take the antibiotics as prescribed. So if you are prescribed an antibiotic, make sure that you are giving it to your child the full course that was prescribed to them, even if they are starting to feel better. What this does is it makes sure that the antibiotic fully eradicates or gets rid of this bacteria And it also decreases the potential for this antibiotic resistance because if you just have a little bit of bacteria left lingering, then it is more likely to have a resistance the next time that it presents. The last thing is don't take antibiotics that are not yours or that are expired or again, from a different illness. Maybe you were prescribed an antibiotic, your child was prescribed one, and they didn't end up taking it. So this also is a big thing for kids that we don't think about is most children, until they get a little bit older, are prescribed medications based on their weight. And so if you're giving them a medication that isn't theirs or was from a previous illness or from the past, then likely it's not the appropriate dose for their current weight. And so this is not going to fully treat the infection. So those are the four biggest ways that we can help to overcome this big problem in our world. And you might be thinking, so if I can't take an antibiotic and there's nothing I can do for these viruses, what am I supposed to do? Just sit and watch my child just be uncomfortable and look miserable. There are some things that we can be doing. So treatment for 
viruses is all about symptomatic care or supportive treatment. So the big things are just encouraging fluids, making sure that they're staying well hydrated, give them the appropriate rest that they need, try to get them in bed at a decent time, blowing their nose if they're old enough, keeping all those secretions out of there. And then suctioning is a big thing for the little kids. So the bulb suctions, the nose Fritas, all of those things are super helpful to try to kind of get all that stuff that is stuck up in there out of the nose. That's also going to help them with just their ability to breathe, their ability to sleep. They're going to want to eat and drink more if they have all of that stuff cleared out. The next couple are just using a humidifier in their room. That added moisture can really help to loosen things up and help them to sleep a little bit better. If their nose is just so stuffed up or so, you know, sometimes their secretions aren't able to be suctioned out because they're just all stuck up there. Taking them into the bathroom, turning the shower on really hot, letting the whole bathroom steam up, and then taking them in there and just standing in there for a few minutes, that can really loosen things up so that you are able to suction them out. These are all just kind of supportive things, but they are super helpful. Um, Over-the-counter medications can sometimes be helpful for symptoms. My caution with this is just making sure that you do read the boxes and checking to make sure that it is appropriate for their age group because not all pediatric medications are created equal. There are lots of medications that are not able to be used for all of the age groups. So this wraps up this week's episode of the podcast. I really thought that this episode was going to be like 10 minutes. I was even showing it to my husband before kind of my outline of things I wanted to talk about since he's a pharmacist and he (laughs) felt the need to read over what I was talking about, (laughs) which is very helpful. And I think that there just ended up being so much more that I wanted to talk about because it is so important. So some of the things that I talked about in this podcast, I definitely will be elaborating on in future episodes, but I thought that everything needed to be discussed here today. Again, the goal of today's podcast was not to scare you. Antibiotics are so necessary in certain situations. So don't be afraid to ask questions next time you or your child is prescribed an antibiotic and just make sure that it is needed. And if it is, then great. It's going to make them feel so much better. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Perfectly Unprepared podcast. I hope you walk away feeling educated and empowered. If you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review. This, along with sharing the podcast with others, is the best way to spread the word. As a thank you to my listeners, I have compiled a list of my favorite products just in time for the holidays. I know that the majority of our favorite things were recommended to me by a friend, so I thought I'd help you find something new that you just can't live without. You can bet my Primally Pure products made this list. Follow the link in the description to sign up for this and to check out the show notes for today's show. Until next time, remember, you've got this.